Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast, the best movie podcast and about the time that it takes to commute to work. Um, I'm Nat Noble. And I'm Nathan Payne. And this week we're reviewing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Do you remember the first time you saw a dinosaur? We don't really believe it. It's like a miracle. This is the sequel to the incredibly popular Jurassic World that just came out a couple years ago. Uh, And we're going to go ahead and jump right into, spoiler free, what we thought of the film. Nathan, go ahead. Um, So this movie's a little bit of a paradox for me, um, and I'll explain that a bit later. But for what it's worth, the kid in me enjoyed the ride. It was fun. There was funny moments. Um, But mostly I enjoyed Chris Pratt being who he is. Um, It's very fun to watch. Um, He's a very charismatic person, and it comes across on the screen a lot. and the part of me that disliked the first Jurassic World for just being really plain as far as the plot was concerned was happy that there was a villain of sorts in this movie and that there was human-on-human conflict as opposed to just the general plot being run away. So, if you like dinosaurs and a lot of action and Chris Pratt's jokes, this is the movie for you. (laughs) If you had to rate it out of 10, what would you give it? Uh, six at best. So if you like dinosaurs and don't care about good writing, this is definitely your cup of tea. There you go. Okay, uh, I thought uh, I, I thought I had pretty low expectations going in. I thought maybe same. it'll be about the same as the first one, maybe a little bit more suspenseful. Uh it might have been slightly more suspenseful, but only in a really gimmicky, cheap sci-fi movie kind of way, where you're like, oh, I know the worst thing's going to happen, and it's going to be stupid. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> don't go into that room where the dinosaur is waiting to eat you. Don't hide under your covers, because the dinosaurs can still see you. Like, that kind of thing. Uh, I-, I was incredibly disappointed. Okay, not incredibly, because I had low expectations. Uh, I did not think it could go south from where it kicked off in the first Jurassic World, and it did. It did. Uh, so if I were to rate, I'd I'd give it a five or six as well. It was not great. I, I wish I wish I could have my two hours back. Yeah, that's how I felt in the first one. Anywho, anyhow. Uh, so let's just jump into, and now everyone's like, oh, I'm not listening to this podcast. Uh, let's just jump into real quickly things that you, we usually do, things we love, things we hate. Uh, let's let's talk about characters. Okay. Uh, and I do have, free. I we, do have a few things that I, I did actually really appreciate about this movie. Okay. So we can, we can, I'll throw these in here. Um, I... I appreciated some of the technical aspects, one of them in particular being the use of actual animatronics. Okay. Um, so several scenes in their entirety were animatronic dinosaurs. So the nerd filmmaker in me that just loves the process of making a movie was really impressed that they went back towards this route because the first Jurassic World didn't. They had like two dinosaur props 
that touched actors at one point or another, and most of it was just CG. Um, whereas even the first like uh, three Jurassic Worlds were a Jurassic mix parks. or Jurassic Parks yeah. um, were thank you uh, a mix of different kinds of technologies and different kinds of scenes and stuff like that, and they went back to that. And so I was really impressed. So there's a scene that you can kind of see in some of the trailers where they're in um, Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard are both in the cage with the T-Rex. That entire scene is an animatronic T-Rex. The characters interact with it. It moves. The only thing that CGI is the blinking of the eyes because you, it's very hard to do on an animatronic. But for the most part, it's all a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's a scene where somebody performs surgery on a dinosaur. That entire dinosaur was also 100% real. It bled like... So the nerd in me absolutely appreciates how they went about interacting with some of the challenges that they got doing a movie like this. Um, also, Chris Pratt, just I enjoy him and his uh, he looked cool. So... <laughs> You know, that's where that's where my loves end. Everything okay. else is, yeah, downhill fast. Uh, I'm trying to think of something positive and not and not spoilery. That uh, okay, okay. Here's here's the thing. Uh, I thought some of the imagery, there was a lot of smoke, uh, and fog, in in this film that dinosaurs came in and out of, and I thought that was, like. It felt more like the original Jurassic Park, you know, mm-hmm. the rainy scene with the T Rex mm-hmm. coming, like yeah, out. yeah. Okay, uh, I I liked that. I can see that. Uh, you could hear. So there's a, a, a not a spoiler, but the raptor claws go. You know, they they tick on the the floor, and you could hear a dinosaur before you saw it a lot of times, and I liked that. There was a lot of mirrors or windows that that were you couldn't see like it was ended up being like a a one-way mirror kind of thing or window and and that was used to some like and oh oh oh, another thing that i liked lightning Mm -hmm. uh often illuminated uh dinosaurs outline it was done too much (laughs) like they did it once i was like that's cool they did second time i was like huh and then like the fifth or sixth time i was like okay well you've played that gag yeah like be more that's fair Though I will note, and specifically in the end um, scene, the climax um, action set piece, um, I noted that there was quite a few frames that I was very just happy to look at. It reminded me a lot of some comic book panels, actually, Mm -hmm. like the way that they kind of composed and framed multiple things. And also the lighting was very dramatic in that. Um, it took place at night, so they could play with a lot of cool, like like you said, lightning effects and things like that. So there was some moments where I sat there and I was like, that's, that's cool. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, the story side of things... Was so good. ...didn't quite hold up the images very well. Uh, let's, let's jump in. Uh, yeah. We are audience members... We're sorry we didn't give you more uh, spoiler-free stuff, but... I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to go see this movie, you're going to go see it regardless of us. Right. (laughs) You know that you want dinosaurs to eat people. You also know that Chris Pratt will probably survive to the end, so there you go. Probably. Probably. Uh, But who knows? Who knows? Anything can happen. 
Uh, so let's go ahead and have a spoiler session starting right now. Okay, you mentioned that you had some positive things that might be spoilers. Did mm-hmm. you want to go into those first before we absolutely shred this thing? Or do they need to come I'm, after? I'm some trying to. I'm trying to actually think of. Did you forget? No. Okay. So I like the idea of this plotline. I, okay. I like the idea of uh, dinosaur trafficking. Uh, I think one that makes sense. Human it's trafficking what human is will huge. do. Yeah. Like human trafficking exists. Uh, animal trafficking. Uh, like there's poaching and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That exists. Uh, I think there would be a huge market for Absolutely. dinosaurs on the black market. I do, however. Uh, so two two problems with that. Uh, one, we're told that it's illegal to take the dinosaurs off the island. Uh, I'm not sure why, but it's definitely not because they're an endangered species. Because even though that's what the movie says, like a character mm-hmm. says, they're an endangered species. You can't exactly move them. Uh, in that scene prior, the Senate declares them not endangered, and that anything can happen to them. They're just going to let them die. So yeah. so policy, public policy, is to not intervene. Therefore, they are not an endangered species. Because if they were endangered, they would be saving them. They would be intervening. So mm-hmm. uh, the government says, hey, we're just going to let these die. They're not our priority. They're mm-hmm. not an endangered species. Not not protected. Uh, next scene, hey, we're trying to smuggle these dinosaurs off the island because they're an endangered species. We can't let them die. Uh, not so, quite. So not quite. Nice try. So that's annoying. Um but if you were smuggling dinosaurs off, I could totally see that happening. Also, they use like a large cargo carrier, not subtle, uh, as if the Coast Guard wouldn't notice that. Right, and none of the news helicopters that were there for the volcano would see them right. or anything. Right. Or the large camp with hundreds of military personnel walking around and I transporting just, large they're dinosaurs just, they're just in wearing, open cages hanging from helicopters. They're not military, they're just wearing camo. Right, and the guns. Yep. No, they're just right. poachers. They're just poachers. No, I know, but they don't know that. Anyhow, uh, yeah, not subtle. So when they finally actually sell these dinosaurs, this is my second big thing. Uh, they sell them for poultry amounts of money, like uh, fancy antique car money, which is not what a dinosaur would go on. Yeah, so the cheap ones went for like ten million, and the most expensive oh, genetically. Four million? They start at four million dollars. Right, but they sold at ten. And the the most expensive one that's been genetically engineered, <laughs> the MacGuffin of this plot, uh-huh. sells for thirty two million dollars. Well, I thought it was forty. Really? Yeah. Wow. Was forty million dollars. Right. Governments would be paying like a billion dollars for that, hands down. And not even governments, like private, private owners. Because like think about- anything less than like five hundred million is wrong at this point because yeah. there's one of them. Yeah. Also. There's that. Also, I kept thinking, okay, well, you could just reclone them, since or just hire for- the freaking scientist. He's cheaper, probably. Anyhow, uh, gestational periods on dinosaurs. Who knows? It could be up to three years. I would imagine. So, if they, I would play the long bet. <laughs> they're, I guess they're they're reptiles, so they lay eggs. I don't know how that works. But doesn't matter. Uh, it's ridiculous that a yes. dinosaur would sell for anything less than half a billion dollars. Yes, uh, because a zoo could buy it. And then suddenly, everyone's going to your zoo to see the dinosaur. And if you get an herbivore, which should be cheaper because you can go touch it and not get killed. Right. And it's cheaper to feed, too. Because you, yeah. But insurance is Hey, but question, Matt. Yeah, what's up? If you had a zoo Mm -hmm. and they bought it, wouldn't that just make it Jurassic Park? Again. Sorry. I, I (laughs) I, I can't 
get over how ridiculously uh, goofy the villains were. Like these bad rich people, they yeah. were just ridiculous. Um, have you so, noticed that in Hollywood recently? All the bad guys are just rich people. Rich white people. That's true. Men. Rich white Always. men. Always. Oh, I hate those guys. It's funny how that works. Anywho. I... Th- that was the thing I liked. I thought it could have been better executed in a really interesting movie. It could have been a commentary on... Mess- okay, so we are, we are given a very brief monologue mm-hmm. uh, by... Um, uh, Goldblum mm-hmm. and he he says like hey we're trying to play God here we're engineering things genetically the, the new war is going to be genetic war he's not wrong he's not wrong uh, what an opportunity to make a commentary on culture and then today. we never touched it again until the end and then they let him speak like five more words and then it was I over. can't imagine how much he got paid for literally 90 seconds of screen time uh and how much he was featured in the advertising for this film. It was really fascinating. They literally showed all three of his lines mm-hmm. in the trailer. They they miss a huge opportunity in this mm-hmm. film to discuss something that is uh, relevant and also, I think, timeless, potentially. Right. Because humanity always messes with stuff. Like right. That's it's what we do. That's... You could... We, we make movies that are based on, like, environmental eco-problems that are are, like created by human intervention and so like this is just another like uh one of those if you want to just take it off the list that they could have made that movie and the thing with humans is once we start messing with something it will never will never stop so since we've already started messing with genetic things this will be applicable for all future time so let's let's talk the little girl okay because she is also a MacGuffin. yeah um so her the little girl in this film uh, who is uh, made a huge deal about. Mm-hmm. Um, shown in the very first scene when Bryce Dallas Howard's character meets the old, rich, uh, secret partner of the guy who started Jurassic Park that we didn't know about in the first... Read, the other guy died, and so we needed another old, white-haired dude to be basically the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, except this guy had fewer morals because he was willing to clone people. Uh, also i thought it was hilarious that he had to have a granddaughter and he cloned someone as opposed to just adopting someone yes well rich people never go around things the same way that we do fair enough so uh the story there could have been really fascinating as well but we don't actually explore her character she ends up finding out that she's a clone oh no matt that's what the next movie's for um, okay. It's happening. No, I know. I know. There's another movie. <laughs> I just, I just feel like we have a character here who is definitely questioning as much as a little a little kid can. Like, what even am I? Like, I don't have a mommy. I, I don't have a daddy. Grandpa has been lying to me. I've been locked up. And I mean, she's a smart. So little you're implying girl. that they could have had a much more interesting character-driven story if they had explored this yeah. in a Hollywood movie. Just pointing out the things that I noticed. I know facts. I'm just pointing out the it facts. It made me sad too. I, I don't know. Uh, also, you mentioned Chris Pratt. Let's talk about him. I thought he phoned it in, big time. I, I didn't well, think he any played of his himself. Were, I don't even know if he did that. I think he played a depressed version of himself, like a 
a, I don't really care about anything right now. Now, granted, I will say that in the back of my head, I was thinking, I think this is happening at the same time he's going through his divorce with Anna Faris, um, yes. which uh, is kind of a, a, a darker note to think about. Like maybe during this film, he's phoning it in because in, inside he's going through a lot of yeah. emotional turmoil as well. He can only act so much during all these things. I don't know if that's true. But that's the feeling I got from him. Mm-hmm. He was just very cynical when he was acting, uh, which is potentially how his character is being written, and that's fine. But it was also it just felt shallow and fake, and like he didn't care. If you would point that out, then I would kind of say that most of the actors kind of fit in that slot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that's a him issue. I would say that that's. I felt a like lot Bryce Dallas Howard was trying much harder with the very little she was given. Yeah. Also, her character. Mm. In the first Jurassic World, if you'll recall, uh-huh. uh, she was a CEO mm-hmm. boss lady of mm-hmm. the entire Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Probably a Fortune 500 CEO, basically. Fortune 100, probably. Yeah. Uh, and in this movie, she suddenly is an animal rights activist uh, that hates people doing things for money. Now, perhaps... Like, she realized how much of a fool she was in the first, like, I mean, scenario. it has been three years in the movies. But it's never alluded to. Like, she's just a different person now. And, and I feel like yeah. people take time to have to, like, change. Like, people take time to change. Mm-hmm. I, I know I, I do. Uh, and obviously, if you have a cataclysmic, life-changing event, like having running a dinosaur park where thousands of people get killed and uh it literally gets overrun by man-eating dinosaurs i i feel like in that scenario maybe you do change pretty rapidly uh and swing pretty hard to the other Mm way uh but i feel like a much more realistic uh situation would have been her testifying in court because of the many lawsuits and like I don't know. I, I think three years does not resolve all the stuff that she was responsible for. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can really argue time period just so much as the fact that they just neglected to mention it at all. Yeah. That was disappointing, too. So I mean, yeah. I feel like, I feel like this movie was just kind of... They picked the names and the people that they had from the previous movie, and they just kind of dropped them into what they wished they could have set up, mm-hmm. and then they just moved on. Um, the one, the one issue that I really did have, and you and I spoke about this a bit before we started, um, is kind of how they bookend the movie is with Jeff Goldblum's scenes in court, well, court, Senate hearings, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of lay this political subplot, um, like, are these endangered species, and if so, is the government supposed to, um protect them should should this be a private affair or a public affair um and i think they sell it as a political argument and then they they kind of attach points of view to the politics so jeff goldblum is not a fan of the government stepping in he thinks that humans have kind of screwed this up they're messing with things that they don't understand and have no right to be they're playing god um and he calls them out on he's like nature's trying to correct itself right here and if you push through this, 
you're going to unleash the next war on humanity. Like this is you're mm-hmm. going to push us into the next conflict with this and technology. the next age, a literal Jurassic world. Right. Um but um and then they make you identify with um Howard's character um and the animal activists who believe that somebody should be saving these dinosaurs. And so they set it up as a political plot. And what they do is they expect the audience to line up with the main character's opinions. The dinosaurs should be saved. Um, And you carry on with that entire plot for the entire movie, and you're kind of on their side. Let's save these, but let's not let mercenaries get a hold of them Mm -hmm. for weaponizing them. They should be here so that people can see and smell and hear and touch dinosaurs in their own world instead of having to learn about them from books. Don't you want your kids to be able to see dinosaurs? Right, and in fact, that's the only real argument that they give to people is your kids are in a world that has dinosaurs now. You don't want to take it away from them, um, which is not even an argument because there's this never happened before. So I don't know what the, what the point of that was because you grew up just fine without dinosaurs and they were created during your lifetime that was a kind of a side note but um then at the end we're given this moment where both chris pratt and bryce dallas howard's character decide you know what we're gonna let the dinosaurs die there have been like close to a hundred people that died in this house tonight not to mention the people that got left on the island and all the dinosaurs there um and they decide to save human lives by letting 11 species of dinosaur die. And the girl carries on the political um, tangent that they started at the beginning, um, which is really just a moral argument that they've kind of attached a political moniker to of save the dinosaurs, um, to open the door. And I feel like the audience is is pushed in the direction of believing that the little girl is correct. Like, she's she's got the strength to do what the main characters couldn't, and she finishes the fight that they've been fighting for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So that works. And then Jeff Goldblum comes back a few scenes later, and he's like, we've done it. It's over. Welcome. And it's not going to be fun. And I feel like they kind of attach these stereotypes um, to these moral beliefs. And it comes down to this, honestly. Like, the actual argument of the movie is, which is more important, human lives, doesn't matter how many, Mm -hmm. more than one, Okay. versus dinosaur lives, doesn't matter how many, more than one. And they put you in two camps. Do you think that humans should live, or do you think that dinosaurs should live at the cost of the, the, the other. other? Yeah. And the entire movie tells you that the main characters are doing their actions because they believe that dinosaurs should live at the cost of human lives. And at the end, they say, you know what, we're going to stop. And the girl carries on because she's a clone, so she identifies with them, and I think they plan her as the epitome of humanity in that moment. And it really concerns me because ultimately 
we should be morally picking the humans to live over the dinosaurs. The argument there being that, well, there's only one of these guys, and they're going to die, like, uh -huh. forever, if you don't. Even though they never mention the fact that they can just reclone them. Right. So let's, let's not even go there. Mm -hmm. We could do it safely. And I think it's very dangerous, this game that Hollywood tries to play. Because regardless of what you believe at the end of the movie, they are bait-and-switching you. Because they start it with a political commentary and you automatically choose sides based upon what you already believe. Mm -hmm. Should the government help or should it not? That's what you're starting sure. with. Okay, that makes sense. And that's, people will automatically identify, One in this day and other. age, um, the leaning in America, at least, is more liberal. More people believe that the government should help and that has, the government has a responsibility in cases like this. And so because the main characters are on board and they believe given their predispo predispositions to politics, that the government should be helping. It's wrong that they're not. And they're going to identify and agree with the main characters that are going on this mission. And then they switch that out without telling you for a moral argument that's carried throughout the rest of the movie. And it's very dangerous because, in fact, you find yourself rooting for people that don't mind hundreds of thousands of people dying just so that we can have some dinosaurs. See, I didn't. I, I understand what you're saying. I did not think at almost any given time that the quote unquote protagonists were the ones I was supposed to trust and, and side with. I always thought that the Goldblum, even though it was very weak at the beginning and end, the Goldblum uh, monologue was the reason that, like, the let us have. Because he was the the voice of reason in the first film as well. If you remember, mm -hmm. they bring him to Jurassic Park, and he's like this, not a statistician, but a person who deals with a chaos theory, basically. Mm -hmm. And and he was saying, like, no, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, in that first movie, mm -hmm. proven right. Mm -hmm. Bring him back. And he says, this is a disaster coming to actualization um, if you do X. And then the main characters do X. And so I think... For me, it was very easy to say, yep, this is a disaster that was being foretold. And I think that was like pushing the, the plot towards like this ominous, like, oh, foreboding, it, it's going to be a disaster, da, da 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 And they just didn't know how to write characters well enough to like make that have an impact. I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I went. And that might have been some of the intention with writing it, but I don't think most people are going to look at it that way. That's I think most people are going to be like, well, yeah, we should save the dinosaurs. Yeah. And it's an easy thing to want to do. Right. And because it, we don't it, have there's them. a part of your brain that makes where that makes sense. It's like we have this resource that's untold and we should protect what we've created. But it puts you in a dangerous place because you don't think about the implications of it, mm -hmm. which in this case, they don't mention to you, but it is in fact a lot of people dead, right. which happened in the first movie. So... And it happened somewhat in this movie. And then there's a post credit scene where it's like, well, there's dinosaurs in Las Vegas, like, all over the world. Like, they're oh, I totally forgot about the post credit scene. Yeah. I just wanted to get out of there so quickly. That's fair. <laughs> but I think it's... I don't think they sold... If that was their point, if they were, if they were trying to get you to just agree with Jeff Goldblum's character... They did a really bad job. They did, because then they set everything up to empathize with the main character. Specifically, 
the little girl the Bryce Dallas Howard's motherly instinct and the little girl mm-hmm. like that's where they direct everything that's fair and so if if they planned it another way it didn't come across for me I'll be interested to see where the third one goes mm-hmm. uh, because I think it will be a crap storm where people are being annihilated in the major cities I would around love the world. to see this franchise turn more towards thriller survival like than... almost like a zombie apocalypse except a dinosaur apocalypse right. I think that could be a ton of fun if I, done well right I, I, I don't think, think it will be I don't think it will be Kevin uh, 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 Trevorrow oh really yeah he's coming back oh um, so the person who directed the first Jurassic World is coming back to direct the third one mm-hmm. and yeah he's... read also the guy that got fired from star wars because he doesn't work well with other people yeah uh so i think it will Yay! not be what we were hoping for but it it would have been it would have been fun anyhow uh that is our breakdown and review uh don't don't think that we don't appreciate how much effort went into this film i think they tried I like the people were doing a great job at making the dinosaurs look real Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the people who were on set were doing the job. It there's a lot of work. I think that this is another one of those Tomb Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> I liked this more than Tomb Raider, to be perfectly honest. And that's just because I would watch this again in a year, and I will never watch Tomb Raider ever again. Hmm. Um, I don't want to watch this again. I mean, but to each their own. Yeah. I think it's just another one of those instances where the studio system is so focused on what it thinks people come to see, and so it fudges everything else. That's fair. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast. We're excited to have a review of... What's next? I believe uh, Sicario Sicario. 2. Yeah. So... Uh, look forward to that and uh, and many more Uh, the rest of the summer is packed full of tons of things so uh, thanks so much for listening see you next time